Welcome to the 2019 Baldi's Awards. These are the, the deliberation videos. Let's see if I can say that. It's tough. Uh, we intend these things to be watched sort of after you watch the Baldi's ceremony. So if you haven't seen that yet, maybe go check it out and then come back if you have questions or want to see the whole process. Uh, maybe wonder why we voted a certain way. This is where you'll get all that information. Also, we're going to spoil every single bit of everything on this list. So if you haven't seen it all, don't watch this. If you haven't seen every piece of television and film that came out this year, you probably shouldn't watch. That's not true because this is actually not intended to be a comprehensive list of everything that came out this year. It's actually just everything that we saw, either one of us saw, that came out somewhere between January 1st and December 31st, 2019. So if you're wondering, oh, why didn't X get included? It's probably because we didn't see it or it didn't come out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think without further ado, let's check out the Baldies. Hey everybody, welcome to another Bald Move Deliberation. This one is a short and sweet category, Worst Disappointment. Unfortunately, there was a lot of disappointments this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we came up with a list of 10, so Worst Disappointment is not the worst movie we've seen. It's just one that we had high expectations for that did not meet. Okay, so like mm -hmm. I, I, I think we could. We, there's probably a lot worse films we could we could uh, isolate, but you know, I we mean, Adam seen them Sandler all. released something this year, right? Huh? Adam Sandler. He released? did. He 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 had one. He actually thought he might win an Oscar for, and it looks like yeah, he's going to be bitterly disappointed on. for. So, uh, needed more pianos and Jello. Yes. Anybody. Yes. Yeah. Can should we get to the worst disappointment uh, to avoid this segment itself becoming a it, disappointment? It was pudding. I apologize to all the Punch Drunk Love fans out there. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Worst disappointment at the beginning of this video. Uh, so number one with the fucking bullet, <laughs> Game of Thrones season it's eight. It's telling that this might be. I think this was written in the order that we thought of them mm. in, and so Game no. of Thrones being first on this list is no surprise. Uh, and God bless you if you liked the way Game of Thrones ended, because mm -hmm. it's one of the most universally held opinions, as far as I can tell, on the internet. Uh that season eight is what made everyone realize that season seven and season six weren't as good as that we thought uh -huh. that season seven wasn't cutting corners to get to something awesome that double d's didn't understand the characters the world they prize subverting expectations over any kind of like you know uh, yeah the season eight is a piece of shit uh it was a debacle it instantly killed game of thrones as a cultural phenomenon it went from oh, people boy. being beside themselves with excitement to where no one gives a shit about game of thrones anymore just overnight overnight i've never seen anything like it i called it at the time showrunner malpractice and i think that's exactly what it was you'd be real disappointed because i know there are things further down on this list that you enjoyed mm -hmm. quite a bit like hellboy okay and you looked up the hellboy rotten tomato score you said it was 11 percent. yes Game of Thrones season eight has a fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I don't know. I don't know because it surprised me. That means more people liked it than didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I d I don't I don't know, man. It's not maybe Mark I'm Crush, but maybe I'm in a bubble. But uh, my bubble of Reddit and Twitter and my own personal experience says that Game of Thrones season eight is a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, and it was a bad. I mean, and and I it, I look. I, if you think that I'm being contrarian for contrarian's sake, that's crazy because you're wrong. 
I would have much rather this been an amazing end. It would have been better for Bald Move in the short term, mm-hmm. been better for Bald Move in the long term to have like an intense love for this franchise that you can carry right into a prequel series that got canceled, BT dubs. Uh, it's bad. No one, no one uh, emerged unscathed from from this disaster in, in my eyes. So it's it's a it's a pretty good candidate for number one. I don't know that anyone's going to shake it. Uh, would you care to speak to the Great British Baking Show season six? Yeah, thirty-two season six hundred and thirty-two. Uh, That's also the species that was invulnerable to the Borg on Voyager, I think. Also, the six three Mary Berry's age. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Mary Berry, she's one of the old hosts. So oh, no. One of the old judges. I know. She's oh, an old no. lady. Some Everybody old loves her, though. Woman. She's, she's, her oldness is what makes her cute. Mm. Uh, kind of like the queen herself. Play it up. Yeah. She has 100% less corgis. <laughs> um, so the Great British Baking Show this has always been a highlight of our year for me and Alexis. And we look forward to it, including the Christmas stuff. Because uh, it's just like this really wholesome fun uh like lighthearted competition it's not it's not it doesn't feel like a competition when you're watching it even though they're judging people's things and sending people home doing the survivor shit right it everybody kind of feels like they're in it together and this year was the first year where i felt like nobody on the british baking show could fucking bake Hmm. and it was a bunch of like instagrammers and just like these these fucking the people who clearly had not practiced nearly enough to be on this show. There was every time they do a showstopper, it was like, well, I've seen things that are ten times as good on this show. So, and that was the best person. Help me out here, because I thought that was one of the things of the Great British Baking Show is that they were amateur cooks. They are, but they're all actually really good. So it's like people that were somewhat passionate about cooking yes. and had previous cooking experience. And I mean, they're they're the flops, you know. They're the people who really have no business being in yeah. a competition for baking. And I imagine sometimes but you get to the top like, five. I, I love and they're cooking. Amazing. I love cooking. I think I'm pretty good. But like, if someone asked me to make like a a, a candy, a confection, I'd be like, uh, I'd right. f- fall on my face on that. So yeah, uh, or ba- I'm not a great baker, but anyway. But this is the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, I should stay off of that. You should probably stay off of that. And the people they have on it should probably at least know how to bake. Mm. There are people on there who clearly did not know how to bake. Like and how the people bad th- who made it to the top, yeah, three. Uh huh. Like the people, the person who won this was not nearly as good as like a previous season's top three. Hmm. She was like. How did you know? So like, was, are, are you? They don't know how to he, turn on I, an oven. It was a he. They like how bad they did not know the boiling just point of consist- water. Like, consistency was bad. Um, just like the presentation seemed to be really good, and that seemed to be what they were focused on in some mm-hmm. cases. Like this guy's presentation was on point mm-hmm. every time, but his flavors were off, or mm-hmm. the texture of the cake was off, or something. Like he was certainly like the most consistent of any of them but not nearly as consistent as some of the excellent bakers they've had win that before. What ex- were they trying to do something different? Were they like, you know what? We well, want to really push the idea of amateur. Or They are trying to do something different. They're trying to get more viewers and monetize this thing a little bit more. But how does having worse talent do that? Uh, because they have Instagram followers who they can send out a fucking million, million dollar Instagram post to. So what were the Instagram famous for? Cooking? Uh, being... Yes, some of them were so cooking. I can see if some you're of them baking were like cakes, making like, dishes. I'm, I'm sure like amazing looking cakes can taste like horse shit. Yeah. Okay. But like yeah, where there's all just a bunch of cake makers that are just slapping fondue over everything. As, as best I could tell, like th- there were a couple who seemed to be like actually passionate about cooking, and then there were several who were just 
in it because they were famous on Instagram. For cooking, though? For, for like, their visuals. I mean, that's what Instagram is. Huh. Like, okay, they can make a thing look good, okay. but does it taste good? Does it so, is yeah. it pleasurable to eat? Like, yeah. that's something that the British Baking Show used to prize. Yeah. This season, not so much. And the, mm. the telling thing is they got taken over two years ago by one of the BBC stations bought them. Oh, no. Um, away from, like, the public channel that used to have them oh really yeah and so they went a they went ahead and started trying to do things like instead of having to construct uh a cake that looks really good and tastes really good and holds together on its own we want you to make a fucking uh carousel what are, what are those things that hang over baby's cribs oh yeah uh mobiles yeah we want you to make a mobile with with cookies on it or cakes on it and like these just flashier things that mm. aren't that aren't maybe as like inherent to the skills of baking combustion machine out of flour yeah essentially <laughs> like stuff that isn't really baking uh-huh. like it's a stunts yeah it's mm. it's stunt stunt projects and i don't know ever since they they did that i'm starting to like it a little bit less mm. and this season was kind of just the next step in that progression How many seasons where, are there i mean i know you joked about 632 but like, like 12 is it's, it possible that it's just running out of steam but i would be happy to watch the same thing over and over again oh, really? with different people because yeah, the, that's the, the human, feel of yeah, it is so they, good yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've created something with this show that it's very different from other competition shows well that's too bad but yeah. this will not win this category and and you should be happy because that means you're not the worst. Uh, what about Star Wars Episode Nine? Because it's another real. Yeah. So honestly, I was thinking about this before we started recording, and I'm like, on the one hand, Game of Thrones is a giant piece of shit, but on the other hand, I only got into Game of Thrones like the last eight years, and it was a wild ride. I enjoyed it. Uh, it unlocked a lot of really positive, fun experiences. Star Wars and I have been rocky for about twenty years. Mm. Uh, ever since the pre, uh, ever since honestly, ever since Han shot first, I started thinking. Yeah. But then the prequels kind of cemented the futility of being a passionate Star Wars fan. Made me feel stupid. Made me feel dumb for liking it as much as I did. And then I kind of they won me back with the Force Awakens. I thought that was a real shot of nostalgia. I liked Rogue One. I know you didn't. I mm-hmm. think we both liked Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both really didn't like the Last Jedi. And you, you more strongly than me, certainly. And and this thing came in and it just like, uh, I don't know what to say. Like it, the only thing I can say is that it seemed to both displease the force awakens fans, even though it was a violent jerk back of the wheel back to that direction. Mm -hmm. And it bitterly disappointed the, the last Jedi fans. And it's a star Wars for nobody. Uh, and it was completely overshadowed that. by the love fest that was the Mandalorian uh, and Baby Yoda. So it's like, you know, goddamn, Star Wars is is. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> we're less than a month out of the release, and no one's talking about it. Yeah, they're, well, they're... everyone's talking about it in terms of being shitty. So right, and there are things going in its favor and things working against it here. I think, as far as winning this category, uh having the dishonor of winning this category, I feel like it's legacy is holding it back. Whereas game of Thrones is doing the exact opposite. Um, it's legacy of excellent quality mm. is sort of propelling it forward in this category. Mm-hmm. Uh, but star Wars, like also, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's tough because I'm like you, I, I was disappointed by star Wars years ago. Can this possibly disappoint me anymore 
then I was disappointed by Attack the Clones. Mm. No, no, of course not. Yeah, and it's like I said, I, I've got, I don't remember not liking Star Wars. But it should be, it should be the, it should be the movie event of this decade, mm. easily. And it was perfectly uh, it should positioned have to be last that decade way. as like this is the event, this is yeah. the thing that everyone is going to love and rally yeah. behind. Yeah, like you think Avengers is impressive, capping that off. Like right. we've got a uh what is what do you call it in a series of nine movies sexology or something uh, like, like novology i don't know novology <laughs> we, we get this like this epic novology that's taken 40 some years to to deploy right. this is the this is the cat this is the the peace de resistance on the top of it's it it's a and... cross-generational attraction to it it's like yeah to fuck it up this bad is pretty incredible it's pretty incredible uh, and it was, in my opinion, an unforced error. Disney wanted to just do these things very quickly. They wanted to give them all to different writers and different uh, different yeah, people to execute the on them. We, and they, the same thing we they bitch did about themselves. DC doing to their uh, storied franchises. Like, oh, we got to yeah. catch up to Marvel. Disney's trying to catch up to itself and just... <sighs> I don't know. They really, uh, really ran the franchise into the ground, in my opinion. How about uh, Glass? Glass uh, is interesting because I really like uh, Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. I think In Night Shyamalan has made a lot of good films. Mm-hmm. I think Un- Unbreakable is my personal favorite of his good ones. Wow. And I saw Split a couple months before I saw Glass because I was like, ah, sure, why not? And everybody said uh, McAvoy was amazing in mm-hmm. it. And I thought it was incredible too. Yeah. So I was at a fever pitch to see like this this glass thing, like bringing it all back together. Um, and it had a great cast. I thought the premise was good. I don't know what went wrong with this film, other than one of my big theories is M Knight cannot film action to save his fucking life. Like the second he gets out of like quiet, interesting, twisty character piece. I just, uh, for example, uh, I've been talking on lunch. I've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender. I finished the first uh, season of that, which is the Water Tribe season. And that's the entirety of the story for the last Avatar movie. Mm. That's such a, I, and I, I, I watched it. And that's such a horseshit version of Avatar. You rewatched that movie? I rewatched that movie because uh. I'm like, how bad can it possibly be? And I just wanted to see, and and he, a big problem is he just can't stage action. Hmm. It's always the most boring, dumb, and uh, like expensive, but cheap looking. And I think that like, you know, if you're going to have James McAvoy run around on all fours like a wolf, that should that should not uh, inspire people laughing in the theater. And if you can't do it right or with CGI or practically, you just shouldn't do it. Fortunately, he needed to have and and I I feel like this whole movie was gearing up to needing a big like final action scene. He couldn't do it. They tried it. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I the the, the but, but it was like, oh, we're gonna sideline Bruce Willis here and like. Well, I mean, the thing that they were promising or teasing was like this big battle on yeah. this tower downtown, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting, and they just scale it down and make it like. You know, again, another twist. In, in favor of like setting up a larger universe that no one's going to care about. The, after yeah, this. you got to nail this for people to care about that. Yeah, I don't know. Bruce Willis but, seemed really detached, uh, which kind of surprised me that he didn't give a shit about it. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I thought did real good. I thought James McAvoy was good as the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I 
the the gap between what I was expecting and what I got was, uh, and you know, M Night was in the middle of a career resurgence. I felt like on the back of, didn't he do a pretty well regarded horror film about the devil living in an elevator? I saw that. Yeah, he did a couple things where they were no longer hyping him as from the mind of the Sixth Sense right. and the seventeen other films he's done since that sucked. Um, and he I started to get called Devil. Maybe it might be. Yeah, uh, and. It was pretty good. I, 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 I didn't I didn't hate that movie. Yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like this just stopped his resurgence. Right. He's back to like there no one's going to give him another hundred million to make a movie. So that was about disappointing. No. And here's one I'm really conflicted on, number five, Hellboy. Mm-hmm. I really like this Hellboy. I think David Harbour is a really good Hellboy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I know you hated it. I know Cecily hated it. The, I, it's, the... it's it's boasting now a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomato. <laughs> Wait, is that after your review? <laughs> yeah, I think I I I I voted early, voted often. Okay. Um, I don't know why people didn't like this. I I I think in if I'm trying to be charitable, um, I think it was a mistake to cover David Harbor in as much shit as they did. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Ron Perlman had nearly as much prosthetic on his face. Like they just went crazy making him look like a wolf, like a beast man. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, but I felt like it entered. Cause like, honestly, Sheriff, Sheriff Hopper on stranger things is already 90% of the way to the, 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 the feel you want from a Hellboy, the emotional, like, you know, just like he's just over everyone's bullshit um and he's this big tough physically intimidating like he might try to talk things out a a dialogue tree or two but then he's going to start punching and shooting Mm -hmm. and i don't know why it didn't work i really don't uh but i actually like this movie and i'm the one out of uh you know hey if you're one of the ones like uh season uh eight of game of thrones or star wars episode nine i'm there with you spiritually because we're I think we're 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 brothers and sisters in the kind of percentage of the population loving and hating the stuff that we let the hate and love. So, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. I I, I remember and I don't I remember hyped. much about this movie. Yeah, I just remember it's got that certain brand of humor that just does not click with me that I really find grating. Like mm. in Thor Ragnarok, I thought it was the same. Hmm. Um, Jeff Goldblum being the exception, but like yeah, this movie. I don't remember exactly why I hated it so much. It just did nothing for me. A lot like Glass. I don't remember those movies. I try and not care to remember those movies, but mm-hmm. I remember not liking it. Uh, at six, Disney's live action movies, with the exception of Aladdin. Uh, I don't yeah. even know what were the live action. So we had Lion, Lion King. King. I know we had Dumbo. Um, all right. I mean, if you go back at all the live action movies, if you look at uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast, if you look at um, all the others, uh, 101 Dalmatians. They're they make so much money, yeah, for such a small investment in care to make them. I just I don't I, like people are talking about Mulan. I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna go see Mulan. I think Mulan looked really cool as a movie, <sighs> but I I will say like if you're biased against the Disney adaptations, mm-hmm. uh, live action adaptations, then yeah, it probably doesn't look as interesting. Or like I've never seen Mulan. Well, so that's like the, thing, the story like, of it sounds intriguing to me, like the girl who goes off to fight for yeah. her family. I, I've seen a several of the live action adaptations, and without almost exception, I think everyone would be better off just getting the the best version, the Blu-ray they can get, and just watching it. You know, watching the originals. You might not be wrong. Um, and I think Aladdin was the Aladdin. one exception for me. Yeah, I, like, they yeah. updated Jasmine in an interesting way, but like, right. 
everything everything else is almost identical to the other movie. Yeah. Um, to the animated one. Yeah. Uh, Zombieland so, Double Tap, a movie that... Why did they make this movie? I don't know. This is a very... this. You know what? This should go on the high risk, high reward, only on the bad side of it. Right. The uh, one that didn't work out. I'm going to make a note of that. Because goddamn, so like, it, if, if you're going to bring back this movie, you got to update it. You gotta you gotta make it relevant for 2019. Yeah, and they did not do that at all. Yeah. They ran back the same tired humor, uh, the same exact format. Like mm-hmm. everything they did felt like a lesser version of the first movie. Yeah, and there felt was, identical to it with with one or two flashes of insight or the doppelgangers. I thought yeah, were pretty good. That was funny. That was a funny chuckle, and it didn't overstay its welcome. Yes, but almost everything else did. And that fight scene in that. Yeah, that uh, Elvis museum, I, I thought it was great, mm-hmm. but like all of the humor, all of the, like even the themes, like e- everything was like roughly the same, right? Yeah, yeah, and no, like you know, where was the character development? Ten years, yeah. these people have been living, <laughs> right, and they have not changed one iota, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, there's a couple things, but I, I just think if you come back 10 years after, I think people gave, I know I, I got some, I feel like we got a little bit of shit from people that did like this movie. But I'm like, I can see liking this movie, but thinking it's a worthy successor or like people like, well, it's just like the original Zombieland. What were you expecting? I'm like, I guess I was expecting something besides just exactly more of the same. When, when, they make movies 10 years apart. I expect them to have some, that time to have some effect on the next film. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot just simply make the same thing over and over again and have me enjoy it forever. Mm-hmm. My sensibilities change. Like society has moved on from where we were in the mid to early 2000s. You got to do something else. Yeah. Uh, American God season two. So I, I feel like I'm going to monologue for the next two because you, yeah. you don't, um, haven't seen either American gods or harlots. American gods was a really brilliant visionary piece of, of, uh, just, just gonzo balls to the wall, crazy mythology fueled action. Um, it was created by the guy who made season one of daredevil. He's starting to be having a bad hmm. habit of starting things off and then abandoning them. Uh, and I've never seen anything that looked like it. I've never seen anything that like had like the really gr- like graphic sex, graphic violence, like like to puts uh, HBO the shame and have it all be in the service of the plot. This was on Stars. It was on Stars. Okay. Um, and I really, really liked it. And I thought the writing was pretty sharp uh, conceptually, like the idea of like all these old gods coming to this country of immigrants and their the their the populations that came or came here some by choice, some by force, uh, bringing these gods and how America, the country, and the uh, the idea like necessarily caused these gods to like morph and then like the new American gods of like consumerism, technology, uh, information how they're jockeying for, you know, with, with, uh, the likes of Odin and, uh, Thor and mm. Anazi, the, the trickster spider God from Africa it was just endlessly fascinating. Then the, I think it was Brian Fuller. The showrunner got fired. Uh, then the second showrunner took over and got fired. 
Then the third showrunner took over and got halfway through the season and got fired. This and then is by in the span end, of a single season. And then by the oh, end, Orlando me. Jones is writing dialogue, uh, like on the day of the shooting, shooting it in his garage. What's happening here? I don't know. It's amazing that it held together. Also, like two of the major characters from the previous season, one who they were setting an entire arc around, quit in protest of Ryan Fulder being fired. Uh, Jillian Anderson and Christine Chenoweth. And it kind of sort of worked, but the magic was pretty gone. Uh, and it's, it was a, it was a, it felt like the entire season was just clearing its throat and walking in circles clearly because there is no direction. It's yeah. just like, we need to fill eight hours of screen time. And we don't know if we're going to have our stars next week. So we'll write big meaty speeches that don't really do anything. And mm. they, you know, had the, like, like, a lot of the season was around recasting the characters that they had to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's too bad. And Harlots is very similar. I loved Harlots. It was very trashy, fun, um, well, sh- gorgeous looking, very well acted, funny series of these uh, 18th century prostitutes trying to like get by in ye old Mary England and season three, unfortunately, uh, who's the w- woman in Downton Abbey that played Lady Sybil? Jessica Brown Finley. Mm-hmm. She was a linchpin that held this show together, and she just bailed. And mm-hmm. I don't even know. I, I would love to know when they found out about it and like how much of a commitment they had on her for the season. But like, she was written out very early on, and the show just kind of fell apart without that amazing kind of character and role that clearly the show was built around. And it just, she, she down abbied them. She got to season three and killed her character and the wow. show just got, just, just flew apart. So I was, I was me and Cecily bitterly disappointed in how that turned out, especially with, you know, we were betting a lot on having a nice podcast built around the American gods franchise and Harlots franchise got shit on twice in one year. That brings us to It Chapter 2, which is the least offensive of any of these. I think so, yeah. I don't remember exactly what I disliked about that movie. I do. It's the fact that you had seen It Chapter 1 like the day before, and this is 50% of this film is almost recycled material. You're not wrong about that. Some new stuff filmed uh, for, for the old stuff, but like, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's a if there's a version of this movie where maybe the first one is a little shorter and this one's a little shorter and they just don't go back to the kid stuff. Like that was really a bummer for me because every adult and it is it, it it was it the, like this thing was like once it happened once or twice it's like oh Jesus Christ this is going to happen every single time. Yeah. We're going to introduce this adult character, we're going to see uh what they're struggling with nowadays, uh, where they came from and how this arise back in the past. And I, I don't know. It's very predictable, very formulaic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a worse version of the first film. Uh, so I have a suspicion that these are pretty much ranked appropriately. Uh, the Great British Baking Show. Well, coming in okay. number two. <laughs> I but but here's the thing. I honestly i I don't know that this is depending on which side of the bed I get out of any particular day. Which one of these Game of Thrones or Star Wars episode nine I see as a bigger disappointment? Uh, for me, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. I I the way that it retroactively made 
the other seasons worse, um, at least the last two seasons worse. It, that didn't happen for Star Wars. No, because um, I think retroactively it made episodes seven through eight worse. No, because I, I like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still somebody who sees the Star Wars movies. I wouldn't have called myself a Star Wars fan after the prequels. Hmm. Uh, you would admit to it. I mean, I, I would tell people, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, but uh, with the caveat that when I say Star Wars, I'm talking about the original trilogy. Yeah, you're a, a OT purist. And so, like going into these new movies, I I had high hopes for uh, the Force Awakens, and I mostly like the Force Awakens. I think it's fine. I haven't like gone and researched and read into all of its problems because mm-hmm. I know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once you start getting to Last Jedi and Rogue One and like. This movie, which I think is a piece of garbage, uh, it, I just didn't, I didn't have that that fervor for yeah. it like I did for Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones has been the highlight of our television year for the last five years, and every season kept getting better than the last until season six, and then it was like, okay, well, that was actually still a really good season if you ignore a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Seven was the same way for me, and then eight came along and just upended what I thought about the last few seasons because yeah. I thought they were building something amazing. Yeah. like I'll, I never had that feeling with Star Wars. I didn't think they were building something amazing because yeah. I was already disappointed. Yeah, and I was willing to give the Double Ds a big, uh, a, a lot of slack because they didn't, again, didn't sign up to write original fan George Martin fan fiction. George Martin, I think, let everybody down by just refusing to write more fucking material. Yeah. And finding everything in the sun to do rather than finish this goddamn thing. But honestly, you you get up any random 10 Game of Thrones fans that are fairly high invested in the fan community. You know, you pick up the, the top contributors to r slash The Song of Ice and Fire. You get a couple of random YouTubers, a couple of random podcasters. They'd write a better season than this. Yeah. Uh, this season... The only thing they cared about is making sure they picked an ending that people did not see coming. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they picked an ending that made zero sense. It and it betrayed yeah. a lot of character arcs. Yes. And I, I, and and everything that has come out since then. Every single time the double D's open their mouth, it just makes me angrier because mm-hmm. it. I don't know, man. They, I don't know. I don't know what creators owe to fans. And you could go back to like George Martin, like, you know, for so many years he said, ah, stop bothering me about, stop caring so much about this series. I'll finish it when it's finished. And I'm like, you know what, George, you, you beat me. I'm ready to not <laughs> give a shit. Um, right. Because I just, yeah, you're right. George Martin isn't our bitch and he's free to do whatever the fuck he's want. And so are we. And I think a lot of people are just, I, I mean, I went from like, I, and I think a lot of people went this way too, went from like, can't wait to see what comes out next for HBO with a Game of Thrones in connection mm-hmm. to like, yeah, I'll check it out. But now it's got to, it's kind of got to win me back over. Yeah. Um, I don't know how hard it'll be to win me back over uh, if they have a really good setting in the, you know, the, the Targaryen dynasty. But, you know, uh, I mean, it's, I, I'm one of the ones that think that they canceled the prequel series because who gives a shit about the Night King's origin uh, when yeah, he's a complete wrong. non-factor? And I don't know that illuminating more of the character would do anything for Game of Thrones, but but make you laugh. It's like, yeah. like imagine if he did have an epic backstory. And, and they had never shown it in any of Game of Thrones. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, it's almost like a, you're making your character worse in Game of Thrones by showing more stuff, even if it's good. Mm-hmm. So who had a better story than Bran the and Broken? It, it, it might be a different discussion if Star Wars Episodes 7 and 8 had been great and mm-hmm. were building to something amazing and had sort of rekindled my love of Star Wars and then 9 came along and took a big shit on it. We might be talking about Star Wars as number one here. But I think Game of Thrones was that. For yeah, me. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm right there with you. Um, so we need to round out a top five. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, British Bacon Show doesn't belong in here. Uh, well, l- let me ask you this. I, I was really bitterly disappointed in American God season two and Harlot season three. We had full podcasts on all those. Can I, can I pull some uh, rank and put those in the top five? I would say American God certainly belongs up there, just based on how cool it sounds. Uh huh. Um. I'm trying to think if I was disappointed by anything. Because, like, Zombieland, I didn't care. Like, I like Zombieland, the original movie, but uh-huh. I liked it 15 years ago or whenever it came out. I had pretty high expectations for it. So you, you bring the whole crew back together? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I certainly had higher expectations for that, I guess, than the live-action movies of Disney. Yeah. Though Glass is pretty strong on this list, too. Here's because, like, I this is I, I had just watched Split as well. Yeah, like the night before and I it's saw good. this, I watched Split. It's it was great. really good. I, I thought that movie looked so stupid in the previews. I yes. was like, "What? They're making a movie out of this? Yeah, out of James McAvoy wearing weird hats and shit. Mm-hmm. Is that gonna? That can't be good." And then I watched it, and it was amazing. Because and McAvoy is really fucking good. He's That's incredible. Ninety yeah. percent of why that movie works. And and so coming into Glass, I was very hyped, and it did not live up. Uh, I think this is this feels good for me for a top five. Um, okay, I, I don't, don't feel too strongly about. I this. was gonna say if you want to argue about the, uh, you know, Hellboy, I guess would be the least disappointing to me because I really liked it. Right. Uh, and it chapter two, like I, it, it's not bad. It no. just wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. And uh, it's too bad. It's, it almost feels like they they put all their work in the first one and then like oh this is the uh, it chapter two just got scraps. <laughs> this one writes itself. Yeah. Let's just do it. Apparently it did not. No, uh, you got to have the pre-adolescent gangbang. That's what it's the linchpin. Oh, right. Like Stephen King knew you have to have yeah. that in there, and they they didn't have the balls to do it. Mm. Have a bunch of thirteen year olds. Sharp objects did it just no. months before. <laughs> oh God, you're right. Come on, get with the program. You're right. I guess this was a consensual uh, mass preteen orgy, but still, I don't think I think America had the stomach to watch that, and the, sh- the show suffered for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Top five worst disappointments. We'll go to war with this one. 